This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The simplicity of silence within natural surroundings quiets the mind while intuitive and spiritual energy is refined. Valeria interviews Kent Tompkins. He is the author of Finding the Balance, the vision story that led to a retrospective of images and stories from 1977 to 2022. As a kid, Kent hung out extensively in nature in rural western Colorado. His family was consistently supportive of one another, encouraging adventure, diversity, and the development of their own unique perceptions and self-sufficiency. He was also gifted with athleticism that paid his way through college. Currently, cycling, ecstatic dance, yoga, core work, nutrition, and integrative healing friends comprise his wellness lifestyle. Kent grew up around photographers and healers and continues hunting down images, video footage, and wisdom related to what creates a self-healing body and mind and related ponderings. Ansel Adams and other master photographers have poured knowledge and wisdom into him over the years as he continues his documentary photo work. After finding his way to the Diné, aka Navajo, reservation in 1978, he stayed there until 1991. While there, he photographed sacred sites, ceremonies by invitation, was learning and collaborating with elders, artists, healers, and putting cameras in indigenous kids' hands. The collaboration continues today through workshop facilitation and documentary work. His rural roots and experiences within nature aligned with their teachings. His knowledge of physics, the various dimensions and teaching navigation, and ways of healing through them integrative healing, art, and the importance of connecting with one's deep sense of self continues dovetailing with his integrative therapy knowledge and expertise in an integrative therapy and wilderness-based practice. Kent works with individuals, couples, and families. He loves putting cameras in kids' hands to better understand their worldview as revealed up and down alleys and around a campfire. The simplicity of silence within natural surroundings quiets his mind, while his intuitive and spiritual energy are topics for workshops and mentoring of healers, whose superpowers are woven into their budding wisdom. As a seasoned board-licensed psychotherapist, he's maintained a private practice over the last 30 years in Colorado and New Mexico. Kent currently resides in Paunia, Colorado, with his Kiwi adventure-based partner, Jaya. Meet Kent at kenttompkins.com and kentart.com. Here's the interview with Kent Tompkins. In your own words, who is Kent Tompkins? Well, good day to everyone. First and foremost, I um, I am a man uh, that delves deeply in nature and was born and raised in western Colorado to deep, wonderful rural roots within nature and a wonderful family that was inquisitive. And I lean in. Life is a treasure hunt. Um, And I learned early on in an algebra class in the ninth grade when I couldn't understand algebra very much that I quickly did a prayer and said, God, if I have to know algebra as an adult, I'll be in a brown paper box by the by the river. <laughs> and so the yes. answer came to yeah. me that, oh, oh, all you got to do as an adult is bring the beauty of nature to others. That's all you got to do. So that's really what I've done. 
So in your bio, you do say the same thing. That's what caught my attention was like immediately. You say the simplicity of silence within natural surroundings quiets my mind while my intuitive and spiritual energy is refined. So I stopped there. It's almost like, what else? Mm. <laughs> what else to talk about even? Mm. But what is it about nature that it just opens the heart and opens the mind to something else? Let me put it that way. But I would love you to kind of elaborate more on what that something else is. Oh, I'd be glad to. Yeah. Well, to me, nature is the closest thing to truth that we have in this manifested universe. I, uh, I can rest in nature. I can go out in nature, which I do often. And there's an inner calibration that I was born with that I trusted implicitly uh, since birth that that inner calibration then goes back to true north within myself. And the intuition to me acts as a funnel to drop me into my soul's language so that when I drop into soul, which is the divine feminine, which is the yin, which is the nothingness and yet everything within that, nature has all of those components. And so I'm just reminded that life is a treasure hunt and it just turns on the lights throughout my entire being, whether it's in the mind or the body or the etheric body, everything then makes sense. And I'm back in the wonderment of innocence and natural curiosity. So silence, balance, intuition, innocence, curiosity. Would you call this the practice of spirituality? That would be one way to frame it. It's certainly one word here within the Western world that we describe things uh, as being a spiritual being. Um, so I oftentimes will say, I don't do religion, but I do spiritual. And so that employs a management team that every person on the planet can have their own management team. And I follow Again, the hits, the guidance, we're always being led. We have been led, we are being led, we will be led. And so when we can tap into that treasure hunt of being led, then the soul, my soul, I don't know what I'm going to say next. I don't need to rehearse. I don't need to wonder because it shows up. It meaning the words, the phrases, the visuals, the the dance, the kaleidoscope of color as I see things. And oftentimes I see the images or the vision first in my mind or in my presence. And then I describe that vision that then comes through the words and that comes up through my beingness from the center of the earth, if you will, up through the pelvic floor, up through the heart, through the thymus, the throat manifests his words to say, hi, hi, here we are. To me, that has been my guiding principle, the intention, which I call the intention of the heart, just everything that benefits me. I know that that's um, the universal intention. Whatever I'm doing, it's of benefit of this conditioned body-mind mm. and the people around me and then my community and then who knows the whole world because there's nothing that's uh, separated from me. Mm -hmm. So that's the guiding principle. But my journey throughout all these, um, let's say around this understanding, came to, to the now, which is, it became a practice. I thought it would never be a practice in the sense of the way you speak, that it's just being so open to life, emerging back, that there's this trust, and then now we are just kind of resting within all this mm. movement. Mm. But at the same time, I see that I'm still engaging with practices, meditation, and then listening deeper of what's being said within myself. So the question is, how do we balance this, the trust with practice, <laughs> the need to practice? Mm, 
I'm going to trust with practice. Well, yeah. yeah, therein lies a decision and perhaps certainly embracing the conditioning because we all came in to this world with a mother and a father. Uh, we were conceived and oftentimes at birth, the young one looks to see who needs my help the most. Is it mom? Is it dad? Is it an aunt? Is it a doctor that's in the room? And right away, we can start slipping into conditioning to take care of somebody else to bring in a sense of harmony, a sense of integration, a sense of beauty. We're born with that. And so how to then reawaken the harmony that's inherent within us, uh, to me, I often refer to the human, those of us on this planet called Earth, that there's an Earth curriculum, there's an Earth school curriculum that says we're all incomplete, that we come here and life will assist us to show us our incompleteness, thus embracing the shadow side. And so that practice of learning and relearning that we're already born with this multidimensional knowledge and the ability to be in multiple places at once and to be about gratitude and, and heart-centered energy. Uh, those of us that perhaps were raised in a, in a more refined uh, yes kind of home where there's a warm fire burning like I was, uh, I'm well-resourced to help others. Others didn't have it uh, in that regard, they had other challenges. And so in that regard, how do we go about finding the life force within us again and separating out conditioning, embracing it, and still reaching for that next rung on the ladder that I might refer to as multidimensional knowledge and learning and turning on the lights within our souls and the, and we can get into the neurosciences for goodness sakes because that's a whole i love the neurosciences of the brain and 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 how we turn on more than the fight or flight centers and get over to the parasympathetic side where ah oh, the creative elements show up again and what a novel idea oh i'm not alone i just was creating an illusion that i was oh my goodness you know, let me dance it out. Let me cry it out. Let me move it out. Let me go play. Let me let me shake it out. Whatever it might be that that works for each individual person to learn how to recalibrate and find that dead center reckoning within ourselves. I, when you speak like this, listening to you, what it comes to me is that. Um that balance or that dance, which I prefer, I love the word dance for some reason, the dance between knowing that I am existence with the one that exists, mm. because existence and exists, they are different. <laughs> Things exist, right? So, but we are existence itself. Mm. So that's uh, sounds like a paradox, but it's not, right, Kent? Mm. It's just how it is. Boy, isn't that the truth? And uh, I love the word paradox as well. And I love it on many different areas. But one that comes to mind right now is that the Western mind, the brain, I put the brain ego together oftentimes. The brain ego is is on a rather linear uh, concept of time, an either or, a black and white, yes, no kind of thing. And so paradox opens that up to kind of blow the mind's way of seeing, and then it, it gives an opportunity, a potential opportunity to drop into paradox, which is, Oh, let's stop trying to figure out what paradox even is. Let's experience within the felt sense what paradox is. And then we can see many different ways of looking at something from many different directions. Uh, and then we're into the quantum field, if you will, or the 
the, the multidimensional views. And then we're freer. We're, we're, oh, I can do this. I could do that. And, and less conditioning, more, ooh, let me lean in to, again, where I'm being led on a deeper, on a deeper, on a deeper way or a deeper sense. Again, deeper than intuition. It's more of a soul's journey. So it's deeper than intuition in a way when it comes to embracing the paradox mm-hmm. that, I mean, it sounds to me because intuition is information, right, Kent? Big time. You know, it took me a long time to trust that voice because I didn't know how to distinguish. Mm. I had so many traumas in childhood mm. that I couldn't trust myself. That inner voice mm. that would ask me to, would lead me into places to do this and be around this person or whatever it was. Mm. And then the more, let's say, healing work I did, mm-hmm. the more it became clear that there was a voice here that it wanted the best, not just for me, mm. but everyone around me in the whole environment and everything. And that's how I learned to distinguish between the voices. You talk about intuition a lot. I love the way you say, mm. I am, as a therapist, one who chooses intuitively who I am led to work with as clients. Mm. So that caught my attention too. Of course, you, you speak a lot of, about intuition. So what is your idea if for those who don't know, like I didn't know before, now it seems like a, I have an idea now of what that is. But from your understanding, what is intuition and how do we learn to distinguish that mm. intuitive voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, intuition is no slouch. It, uh, it's, quite, it's quite the gift. Um, it, as I might have mentioned previously, it to me is, is a funnel where when we can calm down and we can be more in gratitude, when we're in more of a yin space or maybe that divine feminine place where the, the calm waters exist, like sitting around a mountain lake or an ocean and the mind just goes calm, you feel the air passing right through you, then we're dropping into intuition. And then intuition becomes a funnel, in my view, that then drops us into soul, into pure consciousness. Uh, And then within the pure consciousness, that is where inner calibration can be set to our true north and everyone has a true north that's unique to them Uh, but once we then acquire that living breathing place that intuition guides us to uh, we can then trust our timing we can trust as you said i get something from this therapist or i feel that or i get a no here i get a yes there and then the mind quiets and we are then active in our intelligence rather than our mind's intelligence. We're acting so our soul's intelligence is all collectively feeding us and guiding us. And then the more we operate in that intuitively guided place, we then get traction there. And lo and behold, the mind calms typically even more so it doesn't have to lead us astray and bring fear into the equation. And when the mind is calm and the intuition guides us into this inner sanctum, we then can see the beauty of how this is a mechanical universe where my thoughts direct things. Thought directs energy. The Einstein's theory of relativity is in play. We see it. Oh, I had a thought of this or I had a thought of that. Oh, here it is manifesting right here. Uh, so that we can then interact with whoever and whatever we, we draw to us as symbols or interactive agents to help us evolve even more and more and more. Because that's the name of the game. It's a very a very dynamic universe. So we too are made of that same dynamic force that says the soul gets to evolve and understand. I mean, of course, the soul already knows. But then we, as a human, get to understand that we are no separate. or no. There's no separation between us and nature, between us and what happens on the planet Jupiter or wherever in the galaxy, as it were. Yes, uh, there's energetic resonance that connects with me when I hear that, mm. uh, that nothing's separate, mm. right? Mm. 
Is that the goal of um, evolution, would you say, for all of us human beings? If there really there is, there are others, <laughs> yeah. what that would be the goal, Kent, to, to kind of live, exist from that place, from that understanding? Oh, yeah, what a great question. Yeah, that, that really sums it up. That really is that that we understand that the illusion of separateness is just that. It is an illusion. And the Western mind is real good at counting things, and that tends to take us off of the experience, the 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 being able to not only imaginatively understand, but to then start having true drop-in experiences where we are one with everything, one with the grass, one with the air, one with the one with the water, one with what's going on that's keeping everything orchestrated within our solar system. Uh, so that then we can play in this bigger field and and know that we are one, that all there is is love. And I define love as as four things, as beauty, as divine intelligence, as harmony, as integration, coming together, that we are that. And even that, I used words to describe love, but then to to move beyond words and experience that true beauty, divine intelligence, harmony, and integration as a true living experience that you so well asked in that question that, yeah, you drop right into that, that true integration. So when you speak of the soul, is the soul the the parts of us that holds all the um, the information, the imprints from lifetimes, from all the lifetimes we had. And then how do we know when the soul is, is not just going in circles around, just coming back uh, many, many times, just going in circles in a way, trying to find itself, trying to ground itself in this understanding. That's my understanding of the soul. I'm not sure if that's yours, so I, that's the question. What is the soul to you, and what is the journey of the soul? When does it find its own source? Mm, mm. Well, um, yeah, boy, you could write a whole book on that. And uh, Right, I'll, that's true. That's another conversation and, right in a way, another podcast and I'll, interview. And I'll give, uh, I'll give a paragraph <laughs> of a service, <laughs> as it were, the to me the soul is created in divine perfection um it also wants to know itself it's constantly leading us to that we are all one we are one with everything there's no separation so the so the soul knows that and it's leading us that way i also um, in the work I do and in the way that I, that I, my life is unfolded, I see us having an oversoul as well that, that exists way up um, above the various levels of consciousness, the physical, astral, causal, mental, the satnam realms, above all of those, our, our oversoul rests there with a council of beings that are in perfection. They're living as perfection, as it were. And so these pings, these, 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 hey, over here, over here, over here, ping, 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 those come down from the oversoul, and then our soul here that's manifested in our bodies or that occupies our bodies, our soul picks up on those pings that are divinely leading us to what we already created as a contract even before we were born. So to me, we sit with counselors, we sit to say, okay, I'm choosing to go to this planet called Earth. I choose these parents. I choose these experiences. These are some of the things that I really want to work on and digest and, and 
and see what happens. And and some people come here and they're on vacation. There's very little to yeah. work on. They say, I'm on vacation. Yeah. I just want to come and ooh, Earth is a cool place to go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard it that way. That sounds you know? that sounds interesting. Yeah. Kent. <laughs> and those people you're up they're just there's light and just this and that. And yeah, they're just they're just so free. And others, hey, I want to come here and do this. I want to be of service. I want to explore more gratitude. Or others, hey, I got a karmic debt. I, I need to work it out with this pot of people that I I come in here with. There's many, many different uh, orchestrated scenarios that people come here. But Earth School then has this curriculum that says, okay, you come here, we'll give you this curriculum, and you get to run into these people. You get to have the potential experience or the experience to potentially work on something, to see it for what it is, to to shed ego, to do that, whatever it might be. So that oh, that oversoul pings us, and then we each person follows their contract that they came in with. Um, that that's just how I see it. That's from as a little kid, I was born seeing these things, and I was even taken off planet and and seeing how this stuff works. Uh, and I never doubted those those teachings. So we're always being given what we need. But boy, it can be scary if there's conditioning that's in the way. And and then once the conditioning starts thinning down, then we can relax with it. And then the soul's information starts coming through. And it may appear initially as just a, a wisp, a very light wisp of wind across the cheek it can be that subtle when the conditioning responses are oh my god i've got to do this i got to do that and all the franticness and the sympathetic nervous system of fight or flight get that stuff calmed down find some peace and quiet then the soul is always 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 there saying hey i'm right here plus the oversoul is pinging us so Yes, the oversoul, it takes some, some work. It takes some dedication to listening and the energetics are, are, are rather high to hear it, but it's always there. So mm. I'll just say about that much for the, you know. It sounds to me like the nature of the soul, this, the way you speak, is um, it dances around the freedom itself, compassion, unconditional love. It just let us have this sense of free will and do whatever we are ready to do. Mm. Mm. So it's just a lot of it's freedom, isn't it? Freedom itself being expressed here. Indeed it is. And ah. and you mentioned free will because not all campuses have free will, but the human die has free will. And what a cool yeah. thing. You know, yes. we can eat whatever we want. We can be 300 pounds or it can be 150 pounds. You know, it's it's an interesting thing. And and to me, the management team, whatever that might mean to, to whoever's listening, management team is going to stay back and say, ah, that human has free will. It's a gift. And so I call in management team, or if I'm doing ceremony, because I lived on the Navajo Res and the Apache Reservation for many, many years and studied with the wisdom keepers, etc., that those soul friends or those angels, whatever you want to call them, are helpers that are right there. They will wait until we say, please come in and assist, because they honor the human's free will. So to open that up to say I'm not alone and discover that we do have help. It might they might manifest as chills of ooh, I feel alive or what was that? There's help right there and yet they respect free will. So it's a really a cool thing as far as being human and free will. So this is a good time to mention that you are a transpersonal psychotherapist, EMDR, two practitioner, hypnotherapist, visual artist. You're the author of Finding the Balance, the vision story that led 
to a retrospective of images and stories from 1977 to 2022. So this book is being, it's available on your website only, right, Ken? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a print-on-demand thing, and I, uh, uh, it's about marketing, and, and I, um, that would be a good next step. Thanks for the reminder, because there are young people out there that could come in, and they can run circles around me with tech and say, let's get that book out. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's the right step to launch my book and get it on Amazon or wherever. But yeah, it uh, it the book came via a vision that I had uh, that was just as I was as sober as the day is long, and during the day up above Boulder, Colorado, with some friends, and I was just visiting with them, and then this vision came pouring in. I I just described the vision to them. And then that vision then has manifested into this book. Wonderful. I went through the book looking at the pictures. There are some very interesting pictures. It kind of, uh, it almost reflects back. For me, it was almost like past lives. Mm. Like I remember this. Mm. There's this face. There's a face that I just, <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at it. <laughs> Of somebody, a man or woman, I don't remember now, but mm. I, it's there's something about those eyes mm. and that. There's something behind all that. Mm. Is that the soul? That, that's what you say that um, you've been explaining, describing now as the soul's guidance, kind of uh, leading us to see what we are ready to see, Kent? Mm. Yeah, that, yeah. So, so the soul brings us to these opportunities that in the most amazing timing, because the soul is not going to bring us more than we can handle. Uh, and so it brings us the opportunities. It, it, it shows us what we are potentially ready to learn. And I say potential because free will. Sometimes people will reject out of fear of feeling better. Some people get stuck in learned helplessness, and yet the soul saying, Here's another opportunity. Here's some here's some fresh chocolate milk if you will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the person yeah, goes, no, sounds okay, bad. blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> the soul's always saying out of pure love, hi, here, here's a here's a path to what you might find interesting that might help you right now. So anyway, uh back to free will and our conditioning and our abilities or the our willingness to show up and say yes to something that will always, 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 per soul's intention, help us feel better, help us find out who we are, that we aren't who we think we are from a conditioned, limited type of thought process or a belief that we're, we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough. And what is really beautiful about this soul's dance is is that freedom again. It's just it's there whenever we are ready. It's very patient. It's very kind. Mm. There's there's no rush, right? Mm. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Yeah, I love that. yeah. And and if we miss that train of opportunity, another train will come by. And the Western mind might say, Oh, I missed that chance. It'll never I'm saying, no, 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 no. There's another train. There, yeah. is, there will be <laughs> yes. another train. However, you do need to show up a little bit and say yes if you want to get on the next train. If you keep shutting it down and you close the walls down, the soul creator is not going to say bad person. They'll just say, oh, they're saying that the door is closed. Okay, we'll just go past. And when the door's cracked a little bit, oh, we'll stop by and say, hi, want some, again, chocolate milk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. You see those cracks, um, that what comes to mind suffering. That has been my experience. Mm. With not pain, pain, it's natural, right? We all will experience mm. pain mm. at the physical level, emotional level, but the suffering. Mm. Yeah, I remember going through 
so many situations, so much, so many, so much suffering mm. to open up to the soul's message mm. and just listen. Mm. It took so long. I mean, it feels like it was a long time. Although mm. I know time is a concept, but mm. and I think more as the evolution of consciousness. So I was not ready. So um, mm. it was not. I was not there yet. So that's why I was still suffering. Mm. But I remember having the, those glimpses that you speak of. The soul kind of come the train passing by, mm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I mean just saying goodbye to it and and staying there stuck, feeling stuck. Mm, yeah. Would you say that this also goes for so many of us who try to help others and the sense of uh, kind of speed up the process? When we see others suffering, that's the, uh, I mean, it kind of arises this feeling of, oh, let me help this person. Mm. But then I notice that a lot of times they are not ready. And then mm. I, I see myself kind of carrying on, kind of speaking too much about it or trying mm. too hard. It really happens more often with my husband because it's very close to me. <laughs> How do we learn to just make peace with that and just almost like uh, be as the soul and mm. just come back many times in a gentle way? Mm. I think that goes for therapists too, right? And healers. <laughs> we want to change the world. <laughs> well, sure. And, and you know, some would say that therapists, healers are the ones that need to learn the most about what you're asking about. I... Uh, I learned long ago um, that the quickest way to create a karmic debt and to create resistance, because part of being human is there's a thing called resistance. And as a therapist, I don't want to create resistance. I want to lower it so that there's more openness. So it it works like this, that uh, let's say – Say, Valeria, I've got the best thing since sliced bread for you. And if I barge in and I say, I'm going to just tell you, just tell you what it is. And if you're not ready, if your hand is not out, if you don't, if I don't honor and ask you first, would you like to hear what I have to say? Uh, If your hand is not out, And if it's partially out, I have no right to pry that hand open and say, let me lay that best thing since sliced bread on you. And so if because then otherwise, if we barge in and don't honor what the other person has to to say about their their receptivity or honoring their timing that then agitates the soul and soul agitation it creates resistance and then that's on me if i've pried their hand open and created that resistance uh so that's that's how i go about it um i love like you know brene brown's words saying you know do you really want to know what i have to say yeah Uh, yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Are you really sure? Well, yeah. Uh, yes. Are you really, really, really sure? <laughs> you keep <laughs> asking, go, right? Sakes, yes, lay it on me. Yeah. Then hand this out. Then yeah. you have permission to say something. Otherwise, we are messing with somebody else's uh, timing. And I'll, I'll, I will tell people to their face when they're pushing an agenda you're being very arrogant. That is a very arrogant move and knock it off unless you want a lot of karmic debt. Uh, so respect somebody else's timing. Just like, just like for you and I, Valeria, if we're sitting here and we're wanting to know something, those in our management team, those in, uh, for me, it's it, Jesus is, is one of the, with the beings and St. Francis and, Yukasri Yukteswar and and Paramahansa Yogananda and and other beings, the gatekeepers of our central sun, all these beings. We could go on many, many, many trips here to the dimensional quantum field, but they will not barge in and tell me what I should be doing. They wait and wait and wait and wait in divine perfection until my soul is ready, and then I reach. And so how arrogant of me to say that I should be barging in on somebody else when I don't want that to happen in my own world. Uh, there's, a, there's a timing to it. Uh, 
And so, anyway, I could ramble on, but I'll say about that much. It really makes sense to me. It's a message um, that I that I needed to hear a reminder too, mm. because I um, I often misuse <laughs> the free will, <laughs> and I keep telling my husband, "Do this session." I just met somebody today, amazing, uh-huh. <laughs> and I think it would be great for you. So those suggestions, I know yeah. it sounds like very naive, innocent, and also has great intention. Of course, oh, to help him. Absolutely. Yeah, you can say, hey, dude, you want to hear what I have to say? It's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. But hey, if you don't, it's chill too. <laughs> kind of reminds me of the karmic debt when you say that. Kind mm. of uh, something happens here. So, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, thank you, Kent, for saying that. Yeah, I needed absolutely. to hear something in me needed to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And then I can hear, in the, you know, saying, oh, my goodness, thank you. Hey, hey whoever you talk to, hey, thank that guy. <laughs> Yes, right. And speaking of that, are you open to new clients at this time, Ken? I am. I take them in on a case by case a case by case basis, uh, and I uh, I get a lot of referrals. I, I mentor young therapists all over the place. I teach healers that are have these wonderful superpowers uh, how to integrate those so that their wisdom becomes their work combined with their clinical skills and those kind of things. So I I send out, here's how it works. I send out a food and wellness landscape form to any new potential client. And I look at nutrition, I look at blood pressure, I look at their sleeping habits, their what is it that that is the major complaint, if you will. And then I, I get a, a very intuitive hit on that information I get back and then uh, I'll either refer them to somebody else or if I say, ooh, that feels like I could be working with them and be effective. And and so that's that's how I do. So long story short, long story short, yes. So that's wonderful to know. I'll have your website link on two of them actually on my podcast profile. Cool. And then we're almost at the end. I know mm-hmm. I would just... Um, lose track of time very that's how it happens Mm. with me all the time Mm -hmm. i lose track of time it's easy so easy Mm. but i do have a few more questions for you the ending questions but before that i wanted to uh, mention the topic of um, prostate cancer Mm. i know you had Mm. that experience and i'm sorry about that it's i think my father had Mm. um yeah i think he had it too but something close to it but not it Mm. and i and i kind of Mm. have seen the way he lived his life mm. and almost leading to that. Mm. It's, uh, there was a connection. So talk to me for a moment about the lessons that you have learned and how you healed yourself. Oh, boy. Yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, and no need to be sorry. It's really one of the best lessons that um, that I've had in this life. Um, I discovered, I was diagnosed in 2012, and it was slow growth and then I went back to the NIH, the National Institute of Health, for second opinions and uh, this and that. And uh, I jumped in with a naturopathic oncologist, Dr. Nasha Winters in Durango, Colorado. And she put me on a diet that was so strict for the first year. Uh, in fact, one of her, her main office was a full-blown kitchen. I had to demonstrate what she was going to tell me to cook. And I got into deep, deep, deep psychotherapy. Uh, and then living on the Navajo Res, I had many, many, many ceremonies done, diagnosis and then ceremonies, that kind of thing. Uh, so a wonderful management team. But one thing that I learned, Valeria, sitting at the basis, right in the prostate for me, was an element of self-hatred. And that manifested in many nuanced ways, such as over-obligation, saying yes when I needed to say no. Uh, Subtle, subtle. I mean, I and friends say, my God, Kent, you're one of the most direct. You're on, what? What? Oh, hey. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that's still one of the patterns I look at is, is honoring what I here in the moment so i'm practicing what i've been preaching regarding soul's guidance so self-hatred and that's been been cleared i'm i i i say i'm a cancer survivor because uh, now it is a way of life so diet uh 
less stress, exercise, and I've been a pro athlete, et cetera. So I work out, and, and but I do more yoga. Um, I don't do out go out and do the hundred mile rides on the bike and race anymore. That's just that's gone by the wayside. I just go out and I ride for the fun of it. Um, so I stay within the rhythm of my body, and I, and 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 then bringing in the whole. Oh my goodness! There's such a it's a thick plot. Being a male, a masculine person, I have been very, very, very overly polite to women, not wanting to harm, not wanting to bring any discord. Uh, and and I found that then through women, through colleagues, and through female lovers, that hey, let's open this up. You don't have to be so careful. Come on, I want your masculine energy. Bring it, bring it, bring it. And so the energy that flows through the prostate for the male, some would call it being the the male G-spot even, that there's energy there, not just sexually, but to show up as a as a masculine being, and because the female needs that as well. And so it's been a wonderful, wonderful reset of finding my masculine energy and not being frightened of the fallout if it lands on, let's say, typically a woman that's been traumatized. So um, I've learned so much through the cancer diagnosis, and I'm so, so, so grateful. Man, tears coming to my eyes here regarding the treatment that I absolutely adore and they hold space like no like nothing else and and they're colleagues to this day and I still work with them and then I work with males all over the place now on prostate wellness and looking at the the personality profile of a prostate cancer survivor as well as those that I see suppressing that prostate energy uh, yeah, listening to you, it's um, incredible. So being open to to the message of what's happening, like, and that's anything it's, that's happening, especially when it affects the body in such a way, it's, mm. uh, it has a deeper meaning. It's always deeper than what we see. Isn't it though? Isn't it though? Absolutely, you're spot on. And where, wherever that dysregulation occurs, I mean, some would say it takes 10 years for cancer to even manifest, and and yet we can starve it out with diet, and I'm not opposed to allopathic medicine by any means. Uh, for me, I caught it early, and I haven't had to have surgery or anything else. So, uh, but I, I, I do not, I do, I watch being cavalier about what, how I speak to having had cancer. Because it's a way of life now to to live in a very humble yet direct way, um, and to help those that um, that might be helped. So, yeah, it's within within any dysregulation is the inherent medicine is in is the inherent lesson that will guide us to. Again, back to love, back to harmony, beauty, divine intelligence, and integration. So it's not escaping what's happening, but doing quite the opposite, going deeper into it. Yeah, nothing to fight, nothing to fight. Right. And then finding meaning, which um, we call meaning in the sense of the, the purpose you have now with your work, helping others to do the same. Mm. It's truly beautiful. Thank you so much, Kent, for your presence in our reality. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. So before we say goodbye for today, I will ask you uh, the ending question and then a technical question. Mm -hmm. If there is one message from our conversation today that you wish everyone to take with them, what would that be? <sighs> that every human is a multidimensional being, whether we know it or not. There, meaning that we can be in multiple places at once. There's always answers available to us. We aren't alone. And that every person really to find one's purpose in in life what what are we here to do if we can find purpose then there's a balance and then work isn't work 
devotional practice is work is 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 what we do it it, it isn't a struggle um and that we're all in this together and there is a there is a quorum forming of consciousness so that um we don't have to be in this these old paradigms of win lose uh right wrong this them us there's different chains of command uh, of win lose and i'm more the win win chain of command so the more we can live in the win win chain of command and and not judge others. Every every human has a right to be who they are. So, yeah. And then finally that we're all free agents, whether we know it or not. Thank you so much again, Kent. It's truly beautiful to listen to you in the sense of uh, a spiritual reminder, the spiritual knowledge also. Uh, it's being taught here. It's being passed on. So I really appreciate you being you. Mm. Mm, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And before we say goodbye, what's the best or what are the best places to find you online? Um, best places would be my website, uh, www.kenttompkins.com. And then on the visual arts, as a documentary photographer and video guy, that's www.kentart.com. Very simple. Wonderful. Again, I'll have those two links on your podcast profile in a clickable way, so it's easier to access them. Cool. Thank you. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Kent. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Kent Tompkins and his work, please visit kenttompkins.com and kentart.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.